Greetings and welcome to Marley Ramon's Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast, where we'll discuss the art and stylings of Ryan Marlett. The artwork is all over the place, so be advised it could be fun, but it could be dark. It might be a painting, drawing, sculpture, Halloween prop, action figure or song. Each episode will feature a piece or pieces and the insight behind them. Hopefully you'll like some stuff, other things you may not. No worries. Chances are also that you'll likely be offended at some point but hopefully we'll also share some laughs along the way. Art has always been a part of Ryan's life and this is a way to document his work and share it with you. If you get butthurt easily, consider this your warning. Besides, your mom likes his artwork. Listener discretion is advised. Good day, Marley mates, and welcome back to another episode of Marley Ramon's Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast, where I am your host, Ryan Merlette, ready to take on another challenging piece. Was it challenging? It kind of was. It was many, many years in the making, and I will explain more of that here shortly. But I want to first uh, make a public service announcement, if I could. Now, typically, I'm not one to let... Uh, wealth or fame go to my head because I have neither. However, um, I did just win $2 in the Mega Millions lottery. So if you would, please, I'd like for you to just respect my privacy at this time as I try to move forward in this exciting and pivotal moment in my life. But um, yeah, I appreciate that. You're the best. So I knew you'll do that anyways. That goes without saying, but you know how it is when people come into large sums of money People come out of the woodwork and so forth. So just, I appreciate that. But anyways, on a different note, of course, I'd like to talk about this week's episode. And much like the one that we did way back in October, the Michael Myers versus Jason piece, the Friday the 13th versus Halloween, 31, 13, etc. This one is very similar and done so in that style where we're going to talk about a black and white collage that I have done, but this week's episode features a very unique combination, one of which may actually sound familiar. If you recall back on episode 40, we had Stephen Michael in the studio. He and I collaborated on a number of different musical tracks where I wrote the lyrics, he composed all the music, and recorded it. So, of the song, Zombies on the Planet of the Apes, we had a lot of fun making that. Now this is a piece titled by the same name, only it is with physical media, something you can look at. So you can essentially listen to the song and look at the piece in the same context and it's an overall experience. It's almost like four-dimensional. Imagine if you you know didn't bathe for a, a week or so and you could kind of smell like a zoo. So. You figure you get that aroma mixed in with the visuals and the audios. Biggity bam. Zombies on the Planet of the Apes complete with that foul odor. 
Is it an ape you smell or is it a zombie? I don't know. You be the judge. But we're going to talk about this piece today. And when I say it was many years in the making, if you recall back to the episode with Michael Myers and Jason, I didn't really have a date in mind that I had started it, although there were elements on there that indicate that it was from about 2009 that I was working on it. As it just so happens, I found this piece with that. So they were combined together in the same envelope, and I believe that they were probably being worked on simultaneously. Now, I will tell you that this was not as complete as the other piece was. The, the other one, all I really needed to do was assemble and mount it. This one was probably about 90% finished when I decided to finally wrap it up. And I did so back on 6 January, so really not that long ago. But I decided that it was time to mount this one as well. And I've done several pieces like this. I've actually done probably no less than four other large-scale, big poster-sized pieces like this, all of a zombie theme. This one just happens to be a slightly different take on zombies versus apes, basically. And so two of my favorite genres, horror and science fiction, I absolutely love, love, love the Planet of the Apes franchise. And some things that help me kind of narrow down how long I've been working on this, this particular piece has mostly images from the original uh, franchise as well as a little bit from the television series and even some from the Marky Mark uh, Tim Burton version. And it does not have anything from the newest iteration trilogy of the, the most current franchise with Andy Serkis. And by the by, I cannot wait for the next one that's coming out uh, this May. So that'll be huge. If you have not already done so, start from the beginning. If there's a movie that gives any sort of social commentary, and I got to tell you, this was filmed back in 1968. So that should give you a pretty good idea of where things were in the state of our world at that time. But it's just incredible. It, it covers all sorts of different things from uh, racism to, to different classes of people and so forth. And just it's, uh, it's tremendous when you think about all the subtle nuances that it's able to capture. Meanwhile, just trying to tell a story disguised in a cool science fiction film with some terrible prosthetics. But I absolutely love them. I, I adore those, plot, those prosthetics. So cool. So it felt only right to do a piece that pays tribute to not only zombies, but also apes as well. And I did it in the style like I was doing a lot of artwork at the time. But when I said it wasn't quite finished, it really wasn't. So when I dug it out, as I found the other piece, I put it all together, made it happen. And then I decided I was going to move some things around ever so slightly. So I kind of changed the order of things which wasn't super easy to do because there was some stuff, a lot of the pieces kind of overlap almost like a puzzle so that it's meant to, to fit together in a very specific way. But luckily I was able to kind of shift some things around, make it work and do it slightly different. The overall dimensions of the piece are 22 by 28 and a half. So the frame that I have it in, much like the Michael Myers Jason piece, is bigger than the piece itself. Whereas the other large-scale poster-sized pieces that I have like this, the posters fit 
specifically in a certain size frame. So a little bit bigger in terms of the frame and the display, but it, it's got a nice black border on either top and bottom. So it, it, it's framed quite nicely. Now I'll go into detail kind of from top to bottom and, and share what I was able to portray on here. There's a lot of imagery. It's very, very busy. And you'll only get to see so much of it on the episode art as each episode has uh, a piece that is featured on there. But I encourage you, if you haven't already done so, please go onto the social media pages on the Facebook and Instagram to like and follow so that you can see all the artwork as it's discussed. We'll put it up there so that you can listen to it here and watch it there, look at it there. Boom. It's like a, it's a, it's a two part deal because I mean, how are you going to have a podcast about artwork and not be able to look at it? So go on there and check it out. And if you haven't already done so your followership, listenership, friendship, and all around ships of various shapes and sizes are super appreciated. And I'm excited to talk about this piece. Before I get started on talking about this piece, I want to remind everybody about the, the style and the the process. It is Sharpie on paper. That is the media. Basically, what I do with this and these styles is I will print out different images in the grayscale. Basically, just a, a very crude black and white image. Very little definition. Out of focus if I can do so. So that it basically just gives me a shape or a general outline. Uh, just a very, very basic kind of shaded grayscaled image. And what I do is I'll just cut those out like little paper dolls and draw over top of them with Sharpie. And it's easy to do something that changes the look of it entirely. And before you know it, it looks like a full on illustration because all of the shading and the grayscale and the different elements of texture and dimension are there, but all the detail is in the Sharpie. And so I'm able to utilize the Sharpie to draw over top of things, create new images in place of where the old images were and do what I want with it. I can take some creative license and take a regular person and turn them into a zombie effortlessly. And so that's what I've done. And that's what I do with all of it in here. And so obviously the, the apes themselves are fairly normal in appearance. They don't, they don't, they're not zombie apes. They're zombies on the planet of the apes. And so it makes it to be a very unique and visually stimulating piece because there's all different shades of gray. How many do you ask? I think I've used this bit before. Didn't I use this before? 48 shades, 49 shades, 50, 51. I can't remember exactly, but I, that sounds familiar. I bet I, hopefully you've already forgotten about that joke and it, it works again. So yeah, several shades of gray. And that is what I do. I'll, after a while, I'll, I'll assemble a variety of different cutouts. And I'll, as they accumulate, I'll just kind of play around with the layout and start kind of piecing things together, combining them. And before you know it, like it's starting to take off. I'll use some background imagery, mostly eight and a half by 11 size sheets, just standard printer paper so that when I'm able to assemble things, there's a fairly uniform approach to it. Now for the backgrounds, I could use just something that is as simple as a building. It could be a, 
It could be a landscape. It could be anything. Just enough to kind of fill in some background type images. And then I'll place the, the figures around them and whatever else I wish to use on that. And typically, it'll be the same type of deal. I'll print it so that it's somewhat out of focus or it's very kind of distorted or blurred. And that way I have a general outline of whatever it is that the background will be and then I draw over top of it. So I'm gonna start from the top and work my way down and kind of discuss some of the areas along the way. But it's really something that you just gotta kind of get lost in. I will tell you that the very top two banners, it's they're two separate pieces and it's of Ape City very, very light. Like if you didn't know what you were looking at, you probably wouldn't necessarily realize it's Ape City. And Ape City is featured in the original film and it's just a very kind of a almost cave dwelling type, mud hut type looking village, city rather, where it's very basic technology, very basic architecture and very monochromatic in terms of just being kind of made out of clay. You don't really see that in here because it's just black and white. And so that's not important, but that's how it starts off at the very top. And it kind of casts your, your vision as you kind of scan across from left to right. In the upper left-hand corner as you're looking at it, the words, the forbidden zone show. And then on the other side says, you might not like what you find. The forbidden zone is very much a very specific area from the first film exclusively that it is discovered that there's, well, you know what? I don't want to spoil it. I would imagine that most people have probably seen the film by now, but Dr. Zayas is very hesitant for anybody to go there because you find out that their history is not as they believe it to be. So I'll leave it at that, but that's why you might not like what you find because of what's actually in the Forbidden Zone. So as you work your way down from left to right, we have the iconic Statue of Liberty that's kind of decrepit and just kind of in the background very loosely there. Some images of Cornelius and Zira, a close-up of Zira, another Planet of the Apes logo, if you will. I like to use some scantily clad women and or nude, as they call it, when they're naked uh, in the pieces just because there's just, I don't know, who doesn't like naked women? But they're in there. It's artistic, so it's okay. Um, big naked zombie looking at you, kind of side boob angle looking back over her left shoulder. And then you've got Dr. Zayas on horseback. You know, the huge. And right in the middle is kind of a Victorian looking frame where it has a woman with her hair done up, but her face is a skeleton. And so it implies that because she's wearing clothes and because it's a photograph and because it's a human female, that it is indeed historic to where perhaps the humans may have been here once before. And then, of course, all throughout, that's just the upper kind of left-hand corner. I've got stars and skulls and dots and all of these extra things that make the piece kind of come together. When I add those embellishments, it's usually at the very end, and I'll do that so that there's an overlap across the seams so that it's not necessarily 
as uh, puzzle-like where everything kind of just flows together. On the right-hand side, also sharing that same image of the Victorian woman, you have the actual namesake of the piece, Zombies on the Planet of the Apes. And with that, along the top of that edge, I've got just a, a lot of dripping liquid. Assume it's blood, assume it's goo of some sort, but it's gross and it's just kind of dripping down. Below that I have the dancing skeleton where its knee is cocked and its arms are up in the air and it's clearly dancing. Right below that you have the classic line from Charlton Heston when he's getting sprayed by the fire hose when he's in the cage that it's a madhouse. A madhouse! Classic. Classic line. And with that, you've got Charlton Heston and you have another female zombie there. Actually, a couple of them. One of them is Nova from Planet of the Apes. The other one is just like a, a model. And both are zombies. And he's kind of there. Not in zombie form, but he's just... He's bare-chested and he's just kind of like staring off because he's discovering that he's here on this place that he doesn't understand. Next to him, to balance that Victorian female human picture, is a very classy portrait of Cornelius Zira and their child, Caesar, from Escape from the Planet of the Apes. And that is also framed in like a nice oval frame, but it's very classic. Zira is seated with Caesar on her lap as a little baby chimp and Cornelius is standing with his hand on her shoulder. Just very, very human-esque. And then above that, I start the passage that I've used in a lot of work that really resonates a lot in me and I've, I've used it probably at least four or five different times in different pieces is the classic line as read from the very first film when they're in the Forbidden Zone. Beware the beast man, for he is the devil's pawn. Alone among God's primates, he kills for sport, or lust, or greed. Yea, he will murder his brother to possess his brother's land. Let him not breed in great numbers, for he will make a desert of his home and yours. Shun him. Drive him back into his jungle lair, for he is the harbinger of death. Now it starts at the top, and it kind of, I just wrote it in by hand. I just kind of just scribbled it in across there. It works its way down, and then it's quite a ways down before it resumes the whole passage. Because there's quite a bit of blank, like just white negative space towards the, the top of the piece. And I wanted to fill it with just with writings. And uh, so I started with that. I hope that you can hear the chainsaw in the background, because why not? I've already gotten 10 minutes into this section, so I might as well just get some, some chainsaw in the background. It's nice out. The, the weather's beautiful. Um, the beast just kind of, she just got towed away today so that she can get some love. But it was nice to be out there. It was fairly uh, mild temperatures. Anyways, shall we? Um, I also, to reference Stephen Michael, not only have we collaborated on music, but we did the zombie photo shoot back in October. I was able to use a few of his images from that shoot, and I actually incorporated some of me in that zombie form and I've got one right up there just kind of a real up close side profile kind of three-quarter profile of my face and it's cool because 
I can now take what was once a zombie makeup and a zombie um, photo shoot and then enhance it even more so. So it looks even crazier than the shoot did because I'm able to take creative license and modify it even more so with the Sharpie. So it almost, like the, the nose, is I removed that and the jaw just kind of like, it's just hanging off. So it's pretty wild. It just kind of blends into the darkness. Into the darkness! All right, moving on. So let's make our way back down to the left-hand side again as we look at it. In the background, you see a very iconic image, and it was taken from the Planet of the Apes television series. It was short-lived, so short-lived that it actually didn't even get a finale. And so it was canceled, unfortunately. I love it. It kind of reminds me of like the Dukes because it's it's got a blonde-haired guy and a dark-haired guy. And they're off doing good deeds, but, you know, instead of the generally, they're like jumping shit on horseback and what, I don't know, whatever. But they make friends with an ape and, you know, you've seen it a million times. But it's, uh, there's a scene from the opening line of credits that has these three apes and there's like a sunset and they're on horseback and they're holding up, they're like guerrilla soldiers, they're holding up their weapons. And it's just, it's a sweet looking silhouette. So I wanted to incorporate that on there. So that's there. Surrounding that, you've got a variety of apes, gorilla soldiers. Uh, I actually even used some imagery from some of the Planet of the Apes comic book series from the original run from those. Some more Cornelius and Zira, some more zombies. There's me again as a zombie. And then as you kind of slide over, there's this great big female picture and she's looking up at you. You can really kind of focus on her face and shoulder and it's just just very simple like she's a zombie but she's not threatening or menacing she's just kind of looking up and i think it's it's really kind of balancing for the whole piece because she has a good size face compared to the rest of the the rest of the subjects next to her is a gorilla soldier holding up a, a human soldier and says take your infection off my planet you damn dirty zombies so it's a play on words of the original line from Charlton Heston that says, take your stinking paws off of me, you damn dirty ape. So, kind of cool. Then, uh, you, as you slide down just a hair, there are two evolutionary timelines. And I love, love, love this. And so I found them both separately. And I think that's kind of what may have inspired the entire piece because... As you have probably seen before, you've got the evolutionary chart where it starts as a primate of like a chimpanzee or gorilla type deal on all fours, kind of, or at least on knuckles. And as they continue to walk, then they're more upright and then they're even more upright and even, you know, more so as a human. And so it shifts from the, the ape to the caveman to the modern human. Well, this has it in a couple of different ways. I actually have the evolutionary ch chart kind of back to back going in opposite directions. And I feel like it's it's pretty symbolic of the entire piece because on the left-hand side, you've got uh, an ape on all fours. Then you have one that's standing. And then you have <laughs> a, an ape that's clearly a guerrilla soldier with a weapon. Um walking a human with a leash on and so that's pretty money 
And then on the other side, you have an ape kind of hunched over, then another one that's a little bit more upright, and then the more caveman Neanderthal. Then the next is like the more advanced version because it's, now it has a weapon, it has a tool that it has used. Then the modern man, and then a couple of zombie silhouettes. And so they're clearly zombies by the way that they're standing and just kind of hunched over and kind of heads cocked to the side. So the evolutionary chart goes in both ways where you go from ape to man to ape again, then you go from ape to man to zombie. And it's just, I feel like either way, the result is the same, even though like the, the, the turnout is different, but the, the demise of mankind is still very much that, that play at play there. And really at the end of the day, when this is, when this planet is actually uh, on its last legs, the last thing that we're going to have that inhabits the earth when humans are gone will be zombies, apes, and terminators because we're doing it to ourselves. We're going to find a way, I don't know, to make apes more intelligent. And more than likely, something's going to cause us to turn into zombies. I can feel it. I just can't wait. And then, you know, we're doing it right now with AI. I think by the end of next week, they'll have started to take over the planet. So, you know, it's all in good fun. And honestly, the planet will be in better shape once we're gone anyway. So humans are about the worst thing that we can do to this place. All right. On that happy note... <laughs> Moving on, more zombies, more apes all below, just kind of a, a whole conglomerate of all these different um, combinations, none of which are really fighting each other. They're just kind of all there, jumbled together, very much excited and kind of just present. Um, I have a version of Thade from the Marky Mark version. And he's kind of in the background, just kind of looking a little stunned, a little dazed, like trying to figure out what's going on. And a lot like he did towards the end of the film once he realized that um, he did have a weakness, as it turned out. But it was um, very interesting to work on just because the original film was such a great social commentary on mankind and how we treat one another and the way that people are struggling to exist and lo and behold all these years later in modern times i would risk even saying that it's probably worse unfortunately so uh, if there's something that we can learn you can learn it from a science fiction picture called planet of the apes and not for nothing but george romero's night of the living dead and all of the sequential films that he went on to follow there believe it or not has a pretty significant amount of social commentary as well because he uh he was able to disguise these themes and trends into a silly zombie picture and so there's there's plenty of stuff to see when you're looking for it um very interesting and of course like we can get wrapped up in thinking that it's just a couple of silly movies that we can easily get lost in or we can kind of pay attention and and see that this was indeed a forecast leading us down this path. I'm sorry, I don't mean to get all uh, political. That's If there's one thing I can't stand, it's that. And so I won't go any further, but I, I think it's worth at least acknowledging. But 
I guess this is kind of a great example of art imitates life, imitates art, imitates songs, imitates black and white, Sharpie on stuff. So, <laughs> zombies on the planet of the apes, ladies and gentlemen. It is no surprise that Marley Mates are indeed the greatest listeners in the galaxy. That's right. So, whether you decide to support me by listening to the show week after week, tuning in to the Facebook Lives every now and then, or even following me on my social media pages of the Facebook and Instagram. That's greatly appreciated. But I've recently also started a merch shop. If you want to get your hands on some of the coolest Marley Ramones Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast merch, head on over to Spreadshirt.com and find yours today. We've got logo stuff. We've got original artwork. There's plenty to choose from, and I'm always adding more. Also, I've recently started a Patreon page, and for just $5 a month, the cost of a mocha chalk of bullshit, you could have a membership to Marley Ramone's Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast, where with every new subscription, I will send you a personalized video message and mention you by name in a future podcast episode. If you should wish to participate, go on over and check it out. If not, no worries. I love that you keep coming back for more anyways. So I will talk to you soon. Tune in next week. Okay, folks, thank you for joining again this week. Art is a powerful thing, and I appreciate your willingness to hear my stories. And if you keep listening, I'll keep talking. I urge you to do what makes you happy, and never accept anyone that treats you less than. Have the courage to be you and try things on. Besides, every day is Halloween. Special thanks to our friends at Pecan Pie and Subsonic Voodoo for providing these epic musical selections. To see these works as discussed, follow on Facebook at Marley Ramone's Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast page or on Instagram at MRMMHOD. You can find this podcast on most major streaming platforms. And most importantly, if there's one thing that you take away from this stupid little podcast, it's to remember that you are not alone ever. Dial 988 for the National Suicide and Crisis Lifeline or Veterans Crisis Line, also 988, then press 1 or text to 838-255. Until next time, be creative and go tell someone you love them.